Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And yes, I have to say it. Happy Friday. I know many of you are quite thrilled about the fact that this is Friday. Time to enjoy a weekend once this particular day is over. A lot to talk about. You know what the buzz is about. That's hearing going on in Atlanta, Georgia. And it continues today. I was making reference to all of this amounting to a circus. And (laughs) if you had any question about that, all you had to do was watch this hearing in Atlanta yesterday as the effort to impeach these prosecutors, I, I suspect it's been successful. Whether this means they will simply take the judge, will take these two off the case, or whether their case against Trump and company completely collapses now, I don't know. But this does not bode well for these two anyway. I have to tell you, when I was talking with a good friend of mine, you know, over, about this over the past 24 hours, and we're just watching this with, you know, really as black folks and, and those who are people of color will understand this with some sense of embarrassment of what is being showcased right now because it's it's the kind of thing and and i i don't mind saying this it just it's not a good look it really is not and the tragedy of this is that the people involved are probably so self-absorbed the impact this has on others outside of themselves is probably not really deeply considered at all. We'll talk more about this coming up during the course of the broadcast. Just a preview of some of the things that we will go into. You will hear a little bit of the audio. There's no way to share everything the testimony from Fonnie Willis. You heard a little bit of Nathan Wade, I think, yesterday on this broadcast. Also, other stories developing. The number one enemy of Vladimir Putin. He has passed away. 47 years old. I'm sure purely natural causes. We will tell you what happened there. One of the things you've heard me talk about is how... This year, especially, if you have two geriatric men on the ballot, this is the year for a really good candidate to emerge as a third-party candidate and run for president. If there's ever a time to flourish, it's now. Now, I 
am kind of iffy on Joe Manchin. At the end of the day, the guy is still a Democrat. And he has some good instincts. But if I were ever possibly considering voting for Joe Manchin, the person he's floated as potential running mate, I would not just say no, I would say hell no. We're going to tell you who that person is coming up in just a bit. Also, before the weekend started, actually, I did a little travel yesterday, went to see mom, and uh, that was an interesting adventure. I'll tell you a little bit about that experience Um, and much more as we continue our broadcast over the next couple of hours. I want to begin with another big story. Both of these stories, of course, are connected to Donald Trump. This is also the day a verdict is expected in Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial. So there's a lot at stake for Donald Trump in Atlanta and in New York. The former president could be hit with millions of dollars in penalties and other sanctions in the decision by Judge Arthur Engeron who's already ruled the former president inflated his wealth on financial statements that were given to banks, insurers, and others to make deals and secure loans. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking $370 million and a ban on Trump and other defendants from doing business in the state. Part of me is wondering, what is this $370 million for? And you know as well as I do, I am not a Trump defender in the least bit. How do they arrive at this figure? And I ask the question, who is the victim and who is going to get this money? I think these are really fair questions to ask. A penalty like that could potentially wound the real estate empire that helped Trump craft his image as a savvy billionaire businessman involved him to fame and the White House. Ingram set to rule after two and a half months of testimony from 40 witnesses, including Trump. Closing arguments held last month, the judge deciding the case because jurors are not allowed in this kind of lawsuit, and neither James' office nor Trump's lawyers asked for one, which kind of surprised me. Well, then again, it doesn't surprise me. It's not going to be an atmosphere where, uh, I mean, it's like six or half a dozen here in terms of trusting a judge or trusting what would likely be a very hostile jury. I think he probably has a slight edge with a judge. Donald Trump facing four criminal indictments and a civil lawsuit. That's what he's got on his plate right now. This civil lawsuit, a decision expected today, barring unforeseen circumstances that could necessitate a delay. Now, we've already learned a different New York judge ruled Trump will stand trial March 25th on charges he falsified his company's records as part of an effort to buy the silence of people with potentially embarrassing stories about alleged infidelity. Trump saying he's innocent in that particular case. If the schedule holds, this will be the first of his four criminal cases to go to trial. But there's no doubt that this particular case, the civil one, is the one that could certainly do a lot of damage Financially, and obviously, Donald Trump's hope is the judge will rule in his favor. 
We shall see. Coming up, we'll talk about the other case in the Atlanta courtroom where the issue is, is there a conflict of, of interest? These two, Fonnie Willis, Nathan Wade, is there a conflict of interest, a financial interest in their involvement in this case to prosecute Donald Trump and others for alleged election interference? Is this a case where we will see these two pulled, completely pulled from the case? Or might the stakes be higher, that the thing collapses entirely? We'll talk more about what happened yesterday and what is ahead today as we continue our broadcast. And also get your thoughts. What do you think about this? How many of you were glued to the screen watching this? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back at our Friday edition of the Vince Coakley Radio Program, Talking about the circus that is underway, the cases, the cases that are ongoing. And wow, I mentioned to you about the top enemy of Vladimir Putin passing away. And Kamala Harris has actually blamed Vladimir Putin. She is, I believe, in Europe right now. So uh, she's made a pretty uh, daring statement. I'm quite surprised that is garnering some attention. We'll talk about that particular case coming up later on. Two cases we're watching, the civil fraud trial going on in New York. This one, where there's money at stake for Donald Trump and, of course, some measure of prestige. And we've also got the Atlanta circus going on that all centers around the relationship between Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade and Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Now, there's no way we can go into all of what happened yesterday in that courtroom. Lots of questions, and really the central question is the timeline of this relationship. When did this relationship between these two begin? Because the central question is, is there a conflict of interest here, a financial interest in pursuing this case against Donald Trump and company. Mediaite. <laughs> Intriguing headline. Fonnie Willis tells all in wild testimony. Talks cash piles in safe. Father's advice. Preferring gray goose over wine. Yeah, we really needed to know that, didn't we? Willis said she ran over to the courtroom after pacing in her office while multiple people testified about her relationship to special prosecutor Nathan Wade. According to Willis and Wade, they started a relationship in 2022. Now, you remember on yesterday's program, 
We heard from a former friend and colleague of Willis contradicting this testimony, saying they were in a relationship back in 2019, shortly after they first met at a conference. Willis called this a lie and a betrayal by her former friend, as did Wade, who said he was not in a relationship in 2020 or 21, as he was focused on battling cancer. Okay. What do you believe? you believe them? Do you believe her? The original accusation stemmed from Mike Roman, one of Trump's co-defendants in the case, who filed a motion to have Willis removed from the case, alleging an inappropriate relationship with Wade that included his salary being spent on vacations for the pair. This is where it really got interesting. According to Willis and Wade, Willis always paid him back in cash for the travel expenses. This led to a series of questions from Roman's attorney, Ashley Merchant, in which he tried to piece together this cash repayment system and how it would retract, leading Willis to reveal she always keeps cash in the house. I mean, you can't make this up. This is everything you need for a soap opera. Everything that you need. Uh, we have a couple of clips that we want to share with you. First, I want you to hear, and, and I think this kind of gives you a sense of the tension in the courtroom and how Ms. Fonnie Willis engaged this entire matter. This first one is going to give you a sense of her defiance in the courtroom in this proceeding. Listen up. Your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken with no, Mr. Wade. Well, no, no, no. Look. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So my question was, do you have any problem? I object to getting any personal records of mine. Wow. And this, I think, kind of sums up her attitude about this entire thing. You see, it's, it's really interesting to me. People who are really ready to go full bore against someone in a prosecutorial situation and basically eviscerate somebody and get to all kinds of things that that person might consider to be intrusive. But you know what? They don't like it when it's turned on them. Not at all. So one of the interesting subjects, as I mentioned to you, is how this money... Now, I want you to keep this in mind. This guy is a special prosecutor. He's not an employee of Fulton County. He's a special prosecutor. He's basically kind of like a contract worker. And so part of the argument can be made here if you're Fonnie Willis and you are in a relationship with this guy... There is a sense in which helping him is actually helping you. And I think this is part of the argument that Mike Roman and others are trying to make in this case. To at least get these two disqualified and maybe even get the entire case thrown out. I want you to listen for yourself for her explanation of how she actually paid to reimburse Nathan Wade for the expenses for these very extravagant trips. And what did you pay for on that trip? 
I gave him much less cash that time, probably four or five hundred dollars, and then I paid for uh, a bunch of stuff. I think we did two different wine tours that you do, which are pretty expensive. Um, I think I bought him. He likes wine. I don't really like wine, to be honest with you. I like Grey Goose. Um, I bought him a bottle of wine while we were there and the sippings that you do. I, I can't remember how many, like four or five different places you go. I remember we went to um, to this place that they do pairings. Um, that was the most expensive thing that I think that we did while we were there. So they would pair, uh, they, they would pair uh, champagne, chocolate, and champagne, chocolate, and caviar. It was a three, and it was like three different things. Sweden, Russia, someplace else. I'll make that up. But um, that that was the most expensive thing we did that trip, and I paid for I paid for that. You pay cash? For us doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, but I, that trip did not cost me a lot of money. I might have took like $750 in cash on me because we weren't gone very long. I was and just, then I, I'd only asked if you paid in cash. I don't even know the amounts. When I travel, I always take cash. Um, and is the cash that you keep in your house or do you keep it at the condo that you were living in? So at that point, it wouldn't be at my house. And I'm sorry if I was not clear. The money would be wherever I laid my head. So I wouldn't leave the money at the house. So if um, I was unclear, no. Money's going to be where I stay. Oh, my goodness. Isn't this interesting? You know, I was talking with a friend of mine just this morning about all of this. We were just discussing, you know, if I'm working for the IRS, this is all a very interesting conversation, isn't it? Because I also remember another portion where she was asked, where did this money come from? And she was very evasive and elusive here. So, I mean, how difficult is it to say, oh, this is from my earnings from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office uh, where I'm paid by the state? Now, she did mention that some of this came from a divorce settlement, but she was very dodgy on some of these questions. Absolutely bizarre situation altogether. I'd love to get your thoughts. Those of you who have been glued to this, what is your perspective on all this? All right. If you enjoyed the entertainment yesterday, well, it's a good thing because you will not get anymore here is what we've learned just in the past few minutes Fonnie Willis will not return for a second day of testimony in that evidentiary hearing the state has declined to call the Fulton DA for a second day of testimony regarding whether to remove her from the election interference case in Georgia over a relationship with Nathan Wade the special prosecutor she hired so again no more testimony out of Fonnie Willis. So hope you enjoyed every bit of yesterday. <laughs> this is, I was sitting here and I was, as I was watching one of the clips this morning, I was just thinking to myself, this judge had to be very uncomfortable listening to these conversations. I mean, just listen to this headline by the UK Daily Mail. Nathan Wade grilled by Trump attorney over when he had sex with Fonnie Willis. Prosecutor insists he hasn't had intercourse with DA since last summer. 
in staggering back and forth in court. <laughs> I mean, this really gets very, I mean, personal, doesn't even begin to talk about this. By the way, Wade told the Trump lawyer, Stephen Sadow, that their relationship ended in the summer of 2023. And one of the questions raised, you know, since then, if you had an ongoing relationships, Wade shooting back, are you asking me, have I had intercourse with the district attorney? The answer would be no. We're good friends, probably closer than ever because of these attacks. But if you're asking me about specific intercourse, the answer is no. <laughs> this is just... There is an element of this, no matter where you stand in this, that's just profoundly distasteful across the board. It really is. And and I think it's kind of symptomatic of really where our country has gone. That, and, and I'm not questioning the need to do this. They're trying to impeach these two for a very good reason. Their truthfulness is questionable at best. And you certainly do not need people like this prosecuting anybody for anything. I don't care how serious the infraction might be. So, thought you'd be intrigued to know that the Funny Willis show is over for now. We'll find out what happens next in this particular evidentiary hearing. Let's talk about things that matter to your pocketbook, like what's going on with the economy. Breitbart, with this headline, it's a scorcher. Producer price inflation rips higher. A key gauge of inflation surged higher in January, confirming earlier data showing the prices of goods and services in the U.S. rose at a faster clip as the new year started. The producer price index for final demand, a broad measure of the prices paid for goods and services produced by U.S. business, rose 0.3% from a month earlier. Wall Street expected just 0.1%. The index actually fell by 0.1% in December after rising 0.1% in November. The surge in January pushed the index up at the fastest pace since August of 2023. The biggest driver of the increase? The price of services. Services index jumping 0.6% from the prior month. This is the kind of thing that ripples through our economy and ultimately means you pay more for food and other things that you definitely need. I really can't say this is surprising at all. And you have to wonder what the impact will be with the Federal Reserve. How will they look at this when any additional decisions are made on interest rates? That is a question. Still to come in the broadcast, speaking of the economy, there are people who frankly do not care about the economy at all because their priority is saving the planet. One of the means of saving the planet are these electric vehicles. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And we are back to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Coming up in just a few minutes, one of the things we'll do for Faith Focus Friday is have, well, kind of open it up for a discussion if you want to weigh in on it. I did not spend any time on this uh, for a variety of reasons. I've frankly been kind of processing this in my mind. I'm talking about one of the commercials that ran during the Super Bowl. It's a hashtag, he gets us. It's obviously about Jesus. And some of the reaction I've seen to this is quite predictable, I'll put it that way. I was somewhat conflicted when I watched because it's like so many other things, and I don't want to say too much now. I want to save this for a few minutes from now. So many times we can see somebody can effectively communicate truth, a truth, but it's lacking context or in the wrong context. Uh, that gives you a hint as where I'm going with this. We're going to talk about this, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Those of you who remember the He Gets Us commercials that have run, it's part of a broader and longer campaign that's been around for a little while. That's coming up for Faith Focus Friday. So we talked a little bit about the economy and quickly as we look to the future, we have a government that continues to push an agenda to move us away from fossil fuels, to move us away from the combustible engine. And the idea behind this is to save the planet. I mean, Let's just cut to the chase. Not environmental, this or that. These folks believe that if we continue to drive with gasoline as we are, we're going to destroy the planet. So rather than allowing the free market system to work and for people to make choices that are in their best interests and for the quality of these products to get to a point where they're not only um, they're good products, they're quality products, and they're not, they're not expensive, ridiculously expensive to maintain, well, this will be an easy transition. Hey, you can move me to something electric if it's comparable to what I get now with my gas-powered vehicles, but we're not there yet. And what we have is a government that's attempting to push people. People don't like to be pushed. So what's happening with electric vehicles? Well, the market is just not doing well. Breitbart reports desperate car dealers slashing EV prices to try and boost sales. 
this story saying, want to buy a new electric vehicle? No. Me neither. But some people do, and they're being greeted by desperate car dealers willing to slash prices by anything up to a quarter in an effort to shift stock. This is Money reports the average discount on a new EV in the UK has increased by 204% since last January, citing market analysis by what car dealerships are going to extraordinary lengths to stimulate sluggish sales. This is what's going on in the UK. The revelation comes just days after a Lord's Committee warned the government the UK drivers are turning their back on the electric transition. They're blaming a toxic combination of high purchase costs, insufficient charging infrastructure, and mixed messaging from ministers. Well, imagine this. Oh, my goodness. Market research showing the growth in EV discounts the past two months, 12 months, has far outstripped those for gas, diesel, and hybrid models. Official car sales shows electric car sales, consumers, not fleets or businesses, fell by a quarter, 25.1% year-on-year in January. Blame for the slow consumer embrace of EVs constantly shifting. With English comedy icon Rowan Atkinson forever applauded for his on-screen creation, Mr. Mr. Bean even blamed for damaging the reputation of EVs and contributing to slow sales simply by expressing his opinion on their future or lack of it. This is hilarious to me. They're blaming this on a comedian. That's funny. Your product cannot stand up to a comedian. Think Tank Green Alliance outlined the main obstacles the government faces in its bid to push petrol and diesel cars to the curb before 2035, pointing to a newspaper comment piece by the Johnny English Star published in June 2023 as damaging to the cause. The 69-year-old actor's piece was headlined, I Love Electric Vehicles, and was an early adopter. But increasingly, I feel duped. See, people do not like. They don't like surprises. I'm one of those people. I don't like surprises. You tell me all these wonderful things about electric cars, and then I find, oh, wow, where am I going to plug this thing in? Or other aspects of this. The maintenance costs. That was a new one. I had no idea about how expensive it is to maintain these vehicles. But the thing is, you're not told about this in advance. And so what ends up happening is, again, this is a surprise. An (laughs) unpleasant surprise. The servicing costs. And that's the point where people are like, well, I, you know, it was a great idea. But this has not lived up to the hype. Not in the least bit. Before we go to break, I want to mention what's happening in 
Russia. Vladimir Putin's number one enemy, Alexei Navalny, collapsed and died in jail. The Latvian president says he was brutally murdered. UK Sun reports he died in a hellhole Siberia prison as Kremlin foes claim he was murdered. Collapsed inside a brutal polar wolf jail where he was being kept and could not be resuscitated. Hmm, I wonder what happened. One of Putin's greatest enemies, leading domestic critic in Russia, bravely challenged the tyrant's brutal war in Ukraine. He'd suffered serious health problems in jail, was according to prison officials, out for a walk in the prison compound when he mysteriously collapsed. Russian staff claimed medics were called but were not able to resuscitate him. Conflicting reports said the Kremlin critic was being held in solitary confinement when he reportedly died. Fierce critics of Putin have already come out to slam Russian tyrant Putin, dubbing Novani's death political murder. Latvian's president raging on X, Novani was brutally murdered by the Kremlin. This is a fact. This is what you need to know about the true nature of the current Russian regime. My condolences to family and friends. Pretty sad all the way around. Coming up, Faith Focus Friday. He gets us, right? We'll talk about what that really means and what you think of this ad campaign. Stay with us. And welcome to our number two of our broadcast. Coming up, a little bit of a personal story. And I'm going to touch on an issue I really wasn't planning to. I think it's time to jump into it. I I think it's something that I'm not sure if it's been part of our conversation here in the city of Charlotte about what is going on with one of our biggest assets. I think arguably one of the most attractive assets we have. And I think there's some steps we really need to take to make sure it stays that way. So um, I'm going to talk about this in just a bit. But first, let's talk about Faith Focus Friday. I would play some audio of this commercial for you, but I really don't think there's any audio. I think it was just pretty much music. And pictures. I'm talking about the He Gets Us commercial. I I have to tell you that years ago, I probably would have been, I would have had a more animated reaction to the He Gets Us commercial. It would have been probably more hostile. Um, now, I would say... I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because the heart of the message, I get it and I receive it. Let me just put it that way. Um, and, and I think it will give you a, you know, maybe I'm debating whether I should tell you what I think first or share these perspectives of others because some of you may have really um, been at the place where these folks are and I understand where they're coming from. My friend Jason Matera posted this. If you want to see how Christianity becomes ambiguous, mush, when you remove sin and repentance from the gospel message, just look at these awful He Gets Us commercials from the Super Bowl. 
progressive Christianity is far more interested in affirming people in their sin than getting them delivered from it. Hmm. I... Yeah. Steve Dace, another good friend of mine. How wrong was he gets us at the Super Bowl? These ads. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, not the multitudes of unrepentant sinners as the ad depicts. Instead, for them, he freely offered himself up as a sacrifice for their sins, which the ad never points out to them. It affirms them in their sin instead. Just a vile, repulsive, heretical, and offensive ad. I can't get upset at Pfizer, Bud Light, or anything else the spirit of the age secretes from its depraved mind when this, our answer, funded by wealthy Christians. It's been 12 hours. I'm still mad. I'll have much more to say about this abomination on my show, which he did. Jason Matera commenting further about this. The most insidious part of that he gets us ad is how the group behind it claims they want to remind people the greatest love story ever told. And then when they have the attention of 130 million people, they ignore it. That love story, in case they forgot, is this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The group is attempting to push Christian ethical living, loving one's neighbors, serving others, apart from Christian repentance and renewal. But of course, that's getting things backward. I, th I think there's a grain of truth in what my friends have communicated. I really believe that. I think this is a message to be honest with you i think this is a method message that ought to be received in the church not the world and the impact of this does need to touch the world in the way that you see in that commercial and i get where they're coming from because i do think to their point and probably their concern for many years there are groups of people that we have in the church been very hostile toward and we have not communicated hope we've not been loving toward and as a result it doesn't surprise me that we don't see many testimonies of people who are actually coming out of sin ironically so i i want to go to the same place jason and steve want to go but i think it's the fact that we don't practice these things among ourselves that has us in the condition that we're in i, I hope do you understand what i'm saying i i that message that i saw about he gets us is not a message about that needs to go to the world it needs to go to the church and when the church lives that out the world will see that because we're the only demonstration direct indirect manifestation of the love of god that people will experience if we don't live that out they're not going to experience that so yes how do we love that 
woman at the abortion clinic? How do we love that streetwalker? Or other unmentionable sinners that we've categorized and, frankly, marginalized. But the starting place is what we do with each other. I, I, I don't want to say too much about this because I don't want to make this too personal. But I, other than saying to you, the starting place is loving those in the church. And I can tell you through 58 years of my life, I am profoundly unimpressed by what I've seen with church, with organized church. I was really gratified the other day. I got a friend from the first good, pa- a call from the first good pastor I had. His name is Steve Nielsen. He and his wife served at an Alliance church where I was a part in Richmond, Kentucky many years ago. And we have an ongoing um, friendship, fellowship. And Steve just called the other day to see how I'm doing. How many, quote, pastors, pastors from how many years ago, 30, 40 years ago, call you up, see how you're doing. Just develop, you know, it's, see, we've bastardized these terms. And um, I find myself to be you know, and have been for quite some time at a, at a, a very challenging place because I'm trying to figure out what, who's really serious about this thing, living this thing beyond meetings. And that's been my challenge because if we're not doing that with the one another's, uh, what do we really have to offer the world? That's my question. What do we have to offer? That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to get any deeper. Coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, a travel adventure yesterday. I wasn't planning to go into this, but I want to start breaking this ground now for a discussion I believe we need here in the city of Charlotte about what's going on with our airport. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Still to come in the broadcast, I'm going to make some pretty bold, uh, let's just say, throw out a pretty bold idea and share a concern about what's going on with our airport coming up. First, we've got a few calls here, some on the, uh, let's start with calls on, um, uh, let's go back to the uh, issue with Fani. Tom, you got a minute or so. What are your thoughts here? Real quickly, Vince, uh, um, I think Fannie Willis needs to step down. I, I am definitely, to be honest with you, against Donald Trump, but fair is fair. She needs to step down. And the last thing that's just rolling through my mind, can't get it out, there's a song called Take a Load Off Fannie, and that's just been running through my mind. <laughs> <about Fannie Willis. laughs> 
Tom, Tom, that is a classic. <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. In the last segment, I was talking about the He Gets Us commercials that ran during the Super Bowl. And uh, we have a couple calls on this. Let's go first out to Jackie. Uh, good morning. Welcome, Jackie. Hey, Vince. How you doing, buddy? All right. All right. Hey, I was thinking. I was thinking about uh, think, thinking about the, the commercials on Sunday. And to be honest with you, I like. I really liked the first one they did. You know, the Jesus commercial. Right. But um, but I got to thinking, man. After the game, I said, "What would what would the reaction be if a Islamic group or a Jewish group or say a Hindu group did the same type commercial? How would we react to those type commercials?" Well, that's a good question. I mean, what what would be the message? And that, I'd be very curious to see if they, they were looking to communicate a massive message like that to the general public. What would it be? What is their message? So, well, I, uh, took, I, yeah. took it, Vince, I, I took it as an advertisement for religion. Okay. I mean, it was, it was promoting the Christian faith. Right, right. And, and so my, 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 my question again is, I mean, if, if, if another religious group had done the same thing, what would our reaction be if an Islamic See, group was promoting the Islamic faith? I don't think people would uh, would necessarily reject that. In fact, if they paid for it, and uh, just like everything else, just like products, because there are products I will never, ever buy. I mean, in fact, sure. a lot of these products, these folks insult my intelligence by their existence. So I, I would treat that in the same way. I mean, I, I wouldn't take offense to that in any way. But uh, you bring up an interesting point, Jackie. It would be interesting to see if they were ever do that. Maybe at some point it's something they might do. Let's see what happens down the road. Uh, another call here from Mickey. Good morning and welcome. Hello, Vince. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I make my comment on that same issue, I really enjoyed your interview with your oldest son, Ryan, yesterday. That was, he, he's a very mature individual. Well, thank you. Um, I'm encouraged. Yes. Back, back to the, uh, to the call, to the advertisement. Uh, I think you may have missed the point. Uh, how else, if you're, intent is to reach the churches to get your message across how else would you better do it that on a super bowl commercial with that exposure that they have yeah it's a it's a good question i am and 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 again this was all and decided you know from my vantage point i'm sharing this as a discussion matter not uh in, in an adversarial way at all um I mean, at the end of the yeah, day, I'm, can you can can you really find an objection to? Uh, I mean, I think they're trying to communicate he loves you. I mean, isn't that the end of the right. day what they're trying to say? That, that that's right. I, I also would like to add that uh, I find it very difficult to question anything that I perceive as being as God being behind it in some form, uh, I don't, I never question his motive. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's a very good thing, Mickey. Uh, we, uh, it, it's one of those things where we would definitely say, Hey, that's above my pay grade, by the way, an update on what's going on in the Atlanta court. When we told you finally, Willis will not be back on the stand. 
But her father is on the stand right now. This is going to be really interesting. And it will be very interesting to see what kind of personality does he project and where, at least partially, she gets some of her character and personality from. Quite intriguing for sure. I want to briefly share a story with you because I, I'm, I'm wrestling with how, how to address this on a grander scale. Um, let me just give you, let me just give you the headline of what I believe. Uh, let me just sum it up. When the ground was broken for Charlotte Douglas Airport many years ago. I mean, probably just like any other airport, you know, it's there to serve the community. It's there to serve that local community. And so you start building and you start expanding with the idea of serving your community. I'll just say this. I am convinced that there was no vision at the very beginning and along the way this would ever be the number two hub for American Airlines. And I think along the way, this is just my perspective as a citizen, and I make this very clear, as a citizen, this airport represents me. And in some ways, I'm not proud of what we're doing. I think we can do much better. Here's one of my chief concerns. We have some practical issues that I really believe need to be addressed, and I'm not sure they have been even publicly discussed because they need to be. One of the things about me you will find, uh, whether you're in a relationship with me as a friend, acquaintance, I love, I, I am a voracious, uh, I have a voracious appetite for information and for perspectives. And I listen to people. And when I fly, every time I fly, and, and keep in mind, most of the people coming through our airport, they are not Charlotteans. They're not from the Charlotte area. They're drawing conclusions about our city and our airport based on their experience, maybe just coming through this city. That's it. That's their first impression. And sometimes I'm not concerned we're give I'm concerned we're not giving them a good one. Let me tell you about my experience yesterday. Uh, let me just first tell you that my the necessity i'll just put it this way without saying much more the necessity of my time visiting my mother has decreased because her ability her ability to entertain has really been curtailed a great deal and i won't say any more about that i think you can draw your own conclusions there so uh with the changing airline schedule i left the idea of leaving like on a 4.15 flight yesterday. Uh, we had an airline delay for a reason that I don't need to tell you about. That's not important. Our door closed. Here's the part that concerns me. Our door closed. And we sat on that plane for a full half hour before we were pushed out. And there was another 20 minutes before we got to the runway to take off. I have conversations with pilots all the time who will tell me stories of coming in from the outer runway and taking an hour, 45 minutes, to get from that outer runway to e-concourse, where many of our flights are departing from or 
coming into to e-concourse. One of the big problems, and this is what I want to address. One of the big problems, and, and you can see this. If you're out riding out in the airport, you can see what's going on. There are a number of areas at the airport, on the airport property where the planes are traveling, where they only have one way. So if planes are coming in, the planes that are going out have to stop. And they may sit there a while until the incoming traffic goes through. And there are several points. And if you wonder what takes so long to get to your gate, that's the reason. Which goes back to my original point I made to you. I believe this airport was not built with the idea of being what it is today. I'm going to throw out to you a radical idea. I don't know anybody would ever consider it. I don't even know if it's practical. I love what Denver did years ago. Denver made the decision. You know what? We've got an airport that's antiquated. This whole layout is not good. We're going to build a brand new airport with a train to get people from gate to gate. And this is something, this is another issue. Moving people. They need better transportation between gates. One of the saddest things to me is to watch older people walk from ridiculous, doing a ridiculous amount of walking. You know, we should have planned years ago for trains to move people between concourses. But once you're deep into and committed to a design and committed to the way things are laid out, I don't know that these things can be fixed. Denver, years ago, they made a decision. You know what? We can't. This is antiquated. The whole thing. Let's build a brand new airport. Let's find the land to do it. Build a brand new airport. And when we're finished, shut the old one down. Can we do that here? I don't know. I don't know that there's space anywhere to do that. But this taxi time thing has to be addressed. It really does. To allow the free movement of traffic in and out at the same time. This is not complicated, but you've got to have the property. I'm not sure we even have the property. Maybe this is something in the works in the plans, but the regular person coming through our city does not know that. And I don't know how many times I hear people say, I mean, they, I don't know how many times I hear people say, I don't want to go through this again. I'll go through Dallas next time. Or I'll go through Philly next time. Just something to consider. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. Uh, by the way, I would just add to you something I said um, earlier in addressing uh, visiting mom. We uh, had a nice visit, by the way. It was always good to see her. Um, I can tell you, to for the most part, she is in good health. And it's just always good to connect. So... Um, it was one of those trips where I go in and spend as much time as possible and engage and then come back. So um, I just remind you again, and I, I've said this before, definitely cherish those times with your parents. Enjoy every bit of it. And, and I just want to say, too, for those of you who may have relational problems with your parents, resolve them one of the last things you want to do is to be at a place of 
of variance with your parents and for one of them to pass on and you never get this resolved, just do it. Humble yourself. It's not about being right all the time. Sometimes it's good just to to prioritize relationship over being right. Just want to throw that out there. That's very, very important to consider. Let us go out to a call from Greg. What are your thoughts this morning, Greg? Yes, the um, taxiway issue you're talking about at the airport, that is actually being constructed right now as part of the fourth parallel runway. So there'll be taxiways on the ends. Right, right. So that you don't have to cross the which is supposed to help this problem. And that will be a good thing. Um, do you, at the same time, do you think this will still uh, be somewhat of an issue because you're, you're also increasing the volume a little bit where we, as we continue to grow? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of curious about that. Well, I mean, obviously there's going to be more, more traffic with the fourth runway, but this was a program we had at our Rotary Club from someone from the airport back in the fall, and it's supposed to resolve all of those issues because um, I said there'll be access to all four runways from the, I guess it's north and south ends, so that there's no longer you know sitting there waiting for planes to cross for 45 minutes to get to the terminal. How much time are we looking at to to see this resolved? I think the I think they said the project would be completed in 2027. Okay. Okay. So a while. Oh my goodness, that is a while. You sound like an official person, by the way, Greg. Um, I'm hardly that. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just asking. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an electrical contractor and Gastonia, but I um, I listen to your show every day and. Okay. Excellent. Never call Excellent. in. So. Well, it's good to hear from you, Greg, and do call again sometime. I I was aware about the uh, fourth runway project that's going on. And, uh, again, this is one of those things, it's kind of like roads. How many times do we have these road projects? I mean, like now, there's talk of getting that 485, 85 mess squared away. Um, It would be nice. I'm just saying in general, it would be nice if we can can, um, get ahead of these problems before they develop, whether it's on the roads or rail or airlines whatever it is it would be a really good thing dale good morning and welcome hey hey man your phone is terrible it's terrible what's wrong with the phone i keep hearing this crackling sound i don't know oh yeah it was i think this was on the other person's line what do you have to share with your phone it's not my phone oh what do you have to share this morning though you know, um, I really don't want to be on the air, but Vince Coakley. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I have no idea where this guy was going. Oh, my goodness. This is always an interesting place to be, isn't it? Coming up, we're going to talk about the possibility of a third-party candidate running. One of the guys who is talking about running is someone you know he's right sometimes he's out in left field other times but this idea he has now is really way out in left field 
if I would ever consider voting for him. Uh, the idea has been completely blown up now. I'll tell you why. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. So... How do you get people to vote for you? You're running a campaign, a campaign that's designed to serve as an alternative to the geriatric folks who are running and are likely at this point to be on the ballot in November. Well, this latest move is, or even the idea, the idea this has been even floated is really the dumbest things this person could possibly do. I'm not a fan. Joe Manchin. Floating Mitt Romney as a potential running mate. As he weighs a presidential bid. That immediately tells me, forget it. He made this comment yesterday in Cleveland. Laid a stop on his listening tour as he ponders the third-party White House campaign. You know, these people always crack me up with these listening campaigns. Like they're really listening, you know? I mean, I'm sure he's listening, but the guy's already got his ideas and opinions or whatever. He danced around his interest in launching a third-party presidential bid, but he endorsed a potential running mate if he does. Hypothetically, if I was picking my running mate, Really, who I would ask right now is Mitt Romney. If that's the first person he can think of, I'm thinking no. Then he said we consider former Senator Rob Portman, a Republican from Ohio. Rob's a dear friend of mine. What a good man. I don't remember what kind of congressman this guy was. Manchin offered several pointed criticisms of President Biden, the appearance at a city club of Cleveland breakfast, part of his nationwide listening tour following his decision to not seek another Senate term. The tour included a stop last month in New Hampshire, ahead of that state's first-in-the-nation presidential primary. has fueled speculation. Manchin might indeed mount an independent or third-party campaign for president. He has been linked to the No Labels organization's effort to find a bipartisan ticket. Let me just tell you, bipartisan means nothing to me. It really doesn't. Because I think both parties are jacked up. Don't tell me, if you want to appeal to me, don't tell me how bipartisan you are. Tell me how reasonable, sensible, and logical you are. And we'll have a great conversation. How committed you are to the Constitution. I'll be glad to hear what you have to say. But if you don't have those things, just stay home. Don't waste your money and don't waste anybody else's. Because those are the things the country needs right now. It's my perspective anyway. If you disagree, too bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't mean it that way. But I, I just have a hard time believing that somebody is going to come and offer anything spectacular 
I mean, think of all the bipartisan things that have been done, just like this spending package out of the Senate. Is this where America is? Does America want to run and spend nearly $100 billion on foreign aid? Do you think that's where America is right now? America is not bipartisan. America is looking for some logical, sensible leadership. And it ain't out there. That's the problem. It ain't there. What you're going to hear a lot of is a lot of red meat thrown to people to appeal to their desires and their fears. But at the end of the day, do I hear anybody on the stage now talking about truly repairing the country from the root? No, it's not a discussion. Nobody cares about that. We want stuff. We want entertainment. But I promise I'll get off my soapbox. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Tommy, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Happy it's Friday. Riding high off my news quiz, second uh, consecutive news quiz championship from Good Morning BT. It's a good day. Wow, awesome. Awesome. Any exciting weekend plans? Uh, not too many this weekend. Pretty, pretty chill as... Uh, you know, just kind of got a lot of other stuff going on other weekends, so taking advantage of one where I can just kind of relax at home, you know? That's a good thing to do. Very sure. good thing to do. We have about eight items here beginning in 1878. Silver dollars were actually legalized in that year. Silver dollars. 1923, archaeologists opened this person's tomb, probably the most famous tomb in the world. Everybody talks about this. Um, and there's actually something there, by the way, as opposed to what was experienced by Geraldo some years ago. Who was in there? Would that be King Tut? King Tut, you better believe it. 1937, DuPont patents nylon, and it would eventually outsell silk. 1951, this Soviet leader claimed the UN was becoming a weapon of aggression. Of course they would say that. Who was this leader in 1951 of the Soviet Union? Uh, was that still... Um, uh, uh, who was it? You have to give it to you. It wasn't Stalin still, was it? See, we're going to give that one to you. It was Stalin. Okay. Stalin was making that claim. 1959, this guy sworn in as Cuba's prime minister, and he stayed in for quite a while. Mr. I think his brother's in there now. Mr. Who? Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro sworn in, Cuba's prime minister. 1965, this is crazy. Four people caught plotting to blow up the Liberty Bell, Statue of Liberty, and the Washington Monument. Fortunately, that didn't happen. 1968... We set up this emergency system so people could call to get help with just three numbers, and the first call of its type was placed in 1968. What were those numbers? Uh, 911, in case anybody needs, uh, needs a reminder. 911. 911 is correct. And in 1984, American skier Bill Johnson won the Olympic gold in Downhill. All right, are you ready for a crazy story that'll give you the creeps? Let's do it. Here's the story that will give you the creeps. I just don't get people doing this. I really don't. There must be an awful lot of money in this. 
AP, Albany, New York. A New York City man who admitted to smuggling three Burmese pythons in his pants through a U.S.-Canadian border crossing, sentenced to a year of probation and fined $5,000. Would you put three Burmese pythons in your pants? I mean, that's just crazy. Calvin Batista is his name. He crossed into northern New York with the hidden snakes on a bus from Montreal to New York City. This was back in 2018. The young adult snakes were hidden in the inner thigh of his pants in snake bags tied to the pants drawstring. I, my gosh. Can you imagine doing this, Tommy? Would you do this for somebody? Uh, no. As much as I do like snakes, had a couple pet snakes growing up, uh, they don't bother me. I'm not putting them in my pants, though. Thank you. <laughs> These were discovered by U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers. This also blows my mind. This happened back in 2018, and this guy has just now been sentenced? What in the world? The Queen's resident purchased the snakes, which are worth more than $2,500 at a reptile store in Canada. Importation of Burmese pythons is regulated by an international treaty and by U.S. federal regulations listing them as injurious to human beings. The Burmese python, one of the world's largest snakes, considered a vulnerable species in its native Asia and is invasive in Florida where it threatens native animals. So, I guess the message to communicate here is don't try to transport Burmese pythons in your pants. I think we'll leave that alone from here. Thanks a lot for the broadcast. It's good to have you along. Have yourselves a great weekend. God bless you. Adios. Adios.